This is how to product. We make the mistakes. <laughs> so you don't have to. I'm tall. <laughs> I'm strummy. I'm Nick. Today's episode, the final episode of our season two about product quality. Ooh. Thank you. I was looking for a woo. <laughs> is all focused on product feel. What so is, what, what does that mean there, Nick? Yeah, what, what do I mean by product feel? Let me tell you a story. <laughs> Uh-oh. Okay, Back in my, a Nick story. My youthful PM days, I was at a, a company. Does this mean it, you're in your old PM days? I'm in my slightly less, less youthful <laughs> I PM see, I days. I see, I see. Okay. I've seen a few things. Um, back at this company, uh, there was a very senior, probably very well-compensated executive <laughs> who really Uh-oh. had a good instinct for what you know good product feel was. And he, he was trying to explain it all to us. And he said, it's the difference between slamming a car door on a Honda and slamming a car door on a Porsche. He's like, you just you feel the quality there. I cannot say I have any direct experience yep. with that. Mm-mm. Yeah, I can't relate to that specific example either, but I think we all know like like very cheap versions of some products versus you know, very high quality ones. There's yeah. all these like very small interactions in terms of how things feel, how solid they feel, how reliable they feel, how fast and responsive they feel. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to talk about was how do you bring that as a product manager to the product you're managing? Mm. Um, so the, uh, you know, so that's, I had a few questions for all of you about this. So great. Um, first yeah. is, one big thing that I've been thinking about with feel that, that annoys me the most is when products are slow. Mm-hmm. Like I think we've said this before on the, the show that like if you, Nick like, doesn't like to waste time, just no. doesn't. Aside. Not even like, a little bit. But that yeah, the best feature some is almost stories. always speed. And if you think it isn't, then you should go ask your users if they would rather things be faster or you get that feature. So how do you, as a product manager, think about how to improve like the latency and performance of your product? Yeah, I'm happy to to yeah. jump in here. I think for me the biggest thing is figuring out what what does speed mean for your user? Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of things you can make faster. And this can be everything from the first load for your product when you open it up, assuming a software product. It can be the responsiveness when someone interacts with it. It can be how quickly a page loads, for example. Uh, and even that can mean a lot of different things. Right. How quickly it gets to finishing loading, how quickly mm-hmm. it gets to starting loading, everything in between. Do things jump around? It can also be how many steps things take, right? So thinking about it from the user perspective of what are they actually trying to do? And how do you make that as fast as possible? So is that actually, as I was curious what you're going to say when you said figure out what the user means by speed. Yep. So is the best way just to, to think about it or have you actually? Yeah, so I think, hmm. well, are you saying how to think about it? Or, well, or what, what does it like, mean I mean, to like, think about it? Like better, better things than just using your imagination is what I'm asking. So one is mapping out critical user journeys or the journeys you expect your user to take across your product. Mm-hmm. The other is talking to users and seeing how they're using your product today uh, or what they find frustrating or what they find slow. There's also, I think, the option of just measuring some of these aspects directly and seeing where are the variations, what are the percentiles that are having really, really slow experiences, and focusing on some of those extremes. So I think it, there's so a lot of different ways. You said percentiles, and that sounds like math. What does, what math does, is what great. Does that, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, well, what does math mean, Nick? I think I think we've all no, had a lot well, of schooling per- for that. Percentiles. I mean, we, we yeah. can talk, I mean one, so another way of putting it is like, uh, you may go and say like, hey, look, on average, uh, like we summed up all of the times we like, you know, ran this test 10 times and we summed them all up and we said on average it takes uh, half a second. But 
uh, average is not great. Exactly. But what, you, what you're really looking for is like how many people are having a great experience. And so if 99 out of 100 people are having a great experience, that's different than if uh, 80 out of 100 people are having a great and experience, I'd also say, even and if how the terrible. average is the same. I'd also say it's also important to consider for the people who haven't, aren't having a great experience, even if it's a small group, how terrible is that experience? Yeah, sure. Does your site load in five seconds or 15 seconds or does it not even load at all? Yep. So how do you decide is a good, like, how how do you set these percentiles of like percentile targets? I mean, I would do it through experimentation. Like, hey, let's try improving it by X percent, run that as an experiment, see like if it produced an improvement. Well, you said X percent, but like the mean by X percent or what? Mm. Like, I think it, I think it really depends on the state of your product and this, you know, the focus that you currently have. So I think for a, a new product, if you have a small user base, you might be able to, you might not need as many segments. If you're starting with say a high end user base that, you know, is always going to be on iPhones and on a really fast Wi-Fi connection looking at a distribution of the connectivity spectrum might not be as critical. If you are at a later stage product, for example, that has a much broader distribution and you've already focused a lot on performance for one group and you're actually realizing that, great, on average or for 50% of my user base, things are actually pretty good, but for about 10% of them, things are miserable. You might want to prioritize that 10% as opposed to making some benef- some improvements for that broader 50%. And so I think it really depends on, on where you're at, as well as where you think you can actually make improvements. Yeah. What about, um, like, how do you actually, though, this, this sounds also like a lot of engineering work. Mm-hmm. What's Could the, be. Or so it could also be design. Another thing to think about is, like, all right, speed is one portion of this. Uh, are there other things that we want to cover around either have it making it feel good or feel bad? Because we could probably spend yeah. an oh, entire I, I have, episode. I have, more, I have a, list, I have a right. list of questions. Hit us up. Well, would you, I, really, I, I was going to ask Tal about the how do you actually do this as a PM? Because you're not you know, in there optimizing the code and like you know caching things. How do you identify where there are improvements for performance as a PM? Or how do you... How do you make sure you have a good product that is has good feel, specifically in terms of performance? So, I mean, I think... We talked a little bit about that already in terms of putting yourself in the user's shoes, talking to users, seeing where things break, either based on conversations or metrics. In terms of shifting to how do I actually improve it and where can I actually make benefits, yeah. I think you're, you're not, hopefully, the extent of your team. And I think that that's something that you can work closely with the technical experts on your team if you don't have the, the direct knowledge for it. Um, I mean, how do, you, how do you help them be successful? Ah, Focus. I think yeah. focus is always key to being able to make progress in an area that might feel vague. So if you are at a point where you have a sense of what part of the user experience you're looking to improve, to the extent that you can identify metrics or ways yeah. to measure that success, um, that can be really helpful. To identify, to the extent that you can identify ways to segment your user base to measure that success, that can be really helpful as well. Because you need to have both to be able to provide yeah. that focus. Who are you solving for? And what are you actually trying to change and improve? Cool. All right. So next next question. Another thing that can really, uh, you know, cause bad feel, or as you know, I think people in the industry call jank, mm-hmm. is tiny little bugs. And so I'm not talking about the critical bugs that you know you obviously go and fix or as you're broken, but these little tiny bugs, none of which is like so important that you should go fix it. But 
all of them cumulatively, which add up and make your product yep. just feel... Well, that's interesting because I would actually call those paper cuts. I'd, I would think of jank as a slightly different thing where like jank is more the... Um, it's like skipping a frame in a TV show where Mm. it's like you expected this smooth thing to happen or this continuous thing. And there was something that sort of jarred that. Whereas I think there's a number of small bugs maybe that fit into that, but I think there are also a bunch of small bugs that I would consider more uh, paper cuts where it's just like a a small annoyance, but doesn't sort of like doesn't result in jank. Yeah. It doesn't disrupt that sort of like smooth flow. So do you treat those differently? I mean, the point is, again, what we're trying to get to is how do you make a good product? Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, tell me how you deal with your paper right. cuts and tiny little... Right. right. Some paper cuts can lead to jank. Others right. might not. Right. And I think the other thing is, yeah, it's also like some of these small bugs are easy to fix and some of these are not. I've, I've, I tend to categorize those as uh, yeah. paper cuts when they are both easy to fix and are have small impact, but combined yeah. they can, you know, like death by a thousand cuts kind of thing. Whereas the jank... The, the jank that I've seen often takes quite a bit of engineering time to fix, but it's the kind of thing that when you fix it, it uh, like you have to fix each of those pieces, but once they're all fixed, the everything runs smoothly, and it feels it like the 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 product like jumps an order of magnitude in terms of how good it feels. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking about? Like, do you have any specific examples or? I, I have one that I'm not sure is easy to describe on a like audio podcast um but it's around timing of when uh like when results return Uh, as you're typing for autocomplete oh okay and i think the biggest theme of types of things here for jank are when a user does something and the response rate is slow and so i think a touch by slow we mean like non-instantaneous yes non-instantaneous a very specific definition of slow so like a touch screen right if you tap a screen and try to scroll and the page doesn't immediately move, Yeah, that's that's jank right there. And I think that that's the one you've probably all experienced where you're like, why why is this not happening as you're, yeah. you know, wobbling your finger up and down your screen? Uh, and the same goes, I think, for your music example as you're typing into things uh, and you're not maybe getting the so, suggestions. So my, my question, though, is as a PM, mm-hmm. how do you, like, choose when you should actually be working on this and resolving it and, like, what is worth it and what isn't? Because you could always build a new mm-hmm. feature. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good question. Um, part of it is uh, sort of experimentally driven. I realize well, this also is a part bit... of it is new features are traps and general, normally a bad. Well, idea. yeah, you exactly. Should, trick you should, you trick should, question. Just, you should always just make trick it faster. question. Always make things Nick faster. Has the answer <laughs> and, in mind. And once you are struggling to actually have benefit by making things faster, then maybe it makes sense to maybe to do a new feature. Yeah, yeah. yeah trick question. Yeah. I mean, I do think it ties back to some of the technical complexity as well. If it's going to be a year to make a slight performance improvement and you can't make any feature improvements in that time frame, the trade-off might not be worth it. No, but I, sorry. All, what, what I mean is like, do you set out, do you have an explicit priority that's like a continuous priority to just continuously refine and polish and increase the feel of the product? Yeah. Or is it just like something becomes critical or like there's just, like how do you actually deal with this stuff? Operationalize yeah. it? Yeah. For, for paper cuts, what I do is like we have a, a paper cut week. It's kind of like a tech debt week where it's like, hey, we're going to bunch up a bunch of these. Bug bash. And, and do them all this week mm-hmm. because it's hard to prioritize them otherwise. But when you think about it as a group of things, the priority sort of bumps up. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so like batch them up into larger things. Yeah, I think we have that. We also, I think for every new feature that we do launch, we have 
extensive QA testing uh, and try to establish which sure. which polish features uh, and polish is considered a feature uh, are critical before we even launch in the first place. I do think you still need the more general take a step back and look across the product because otherwise what you end up having is potentially well polished features. How, how would you maybe decide what, what how what's your criteria for that line? What's what's yeah, like I, I wish there was a perfect a perfect line I could describe. I think that there are always many factors to take into consideration. I think the key is the the, the critical path that you are trying to build. Yeah. Is that as smooth as it possibly can be? Yeah. Um, of course, you need to prioritize beyond that. Um, and that's, again, part of the how hard is it going to be to fix the issues, how many people are going to be affected, and how severely are they going to be affected by other challenges. And so it's, I'd say, not a, there's not a hard and fast rule that you can follow. There is product intuition that comes into account, yeah. but I'd say your critical path has to be as smooth as possible, or the user's critical path. Cool. So I think we're getting close to the end of time, yep. and I just wanted to share one thing of my yeah. own here, which is, there's an interesting concept that I came across from like game design, which is like this concept of juice, which mm. is the mm. opposite of jank. And I see it a bit in products, and we tend to I think call it about like delight, yep, but like really small scale delight features. And so basically, juice is when you add all these extra little animations or responsiveness or effects to to regular interactions that just make them feel almost like a subconscious level like more substantial and more um, impactful. Yep. So like, I, I will just, just yeah. to jump in, I think the one caveat I would put there is making sure you think about all of the f- devices or form factors that people are using. This sounds uh, like you had, there's, there's a bad, there's something there, like that. There so are, yeah, I think sure. um, things that can be, be very, very smooth on certain devices, if you add the same level of animation and responsiveness, not all devices can actually support that. And trying to add those all in can actually result in a lot of jank for users on more constrained devices. It's unnecessarily complex to just have it have you know not happen on those low performance devices. Right. I well I think that's a great solution. Uh, uh, I think yeah. it's just keeping those it. in yes. mind. Right. Yes. And all, yeah, and the other thing to keep in mind though is that not not all juice if I understand you correctly, not all juice has to be an animation necessarily. No. Yeah. Uh, animation being one example, but I think it's mostly to take into account that situations and devices have different constraints and what might be juice for one device or one user might be jank for another and you need to keep it in mind right. based on the types of things you're introducing mm-hmm. it's like you're it's like you're pressing a button and one button's a honda and the other button is a oh, porsche no. <laughs> how did those buttons oh gosh out? do you have a, do you have a new porsche no, i do yeah. you are, are you getting us so porsches i think that, that, I think, I think with that we can be done um so homework today uh, homework for this episode is pay attention to all the apps and products you use for a day. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, decide which one has the most jank and which one has the most juice and why. And Sounds mm-hmm. like fun. Who's, whose eye of the three of us do you think is best for jank and whose is best for juice? Ooh, yeah. Nick, you have to answer this now. I uh, <laughs> uh, feel... Oh, no, we're out of time. Yeah, you're <laughs> out of time. Thanks. Next, it's, next been, uh, it's been great. Uh, this has been How to Product. Now go make good things happen.